Hey. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage, listening to our ice-cold basketball takes, everything NBA all the time. You guys know the deal. Last week, we did the Eastern Conference preview, went over every team in the East, what we thought about each team, kind of split it up into categories. Today, we are doing a bit of the same with the Western Conference. Though, Jake, how you feeling? Are you ready to talk Western Conference hoops? Oh yeah, you know I love the West. I love staying up way past my bedtime to watch a Trailblazers Timberwolves game. So this is like this is this is a dream for me. Um, yeah, it's we're about we're recording this on a Thursday night, so we're like ten mm-hmm. days away from the NBA season. It's starting to get real, starting to starting to get real prepped up here, getting reading done, get podcasts in, trying to get all uh, gather as much information coming into the season. And that's what we're here for, too. Uh, bringing in what we've got here with our Western Conference preview and the West, as we kind of touched on last week, the West kind of looking pretty wide open for the first time. I mean, it was pretty wide open last year, I would say, too. But the East mm-hmm. looks like it has more of the powerhouse teams. The West, even if you're considering the first team, the team in our background here in our list, the Los Angeles Lakers as the head and shoulders favorite of the West, there's some serious questions about the Lakers and their long, long-term long potential here too. So let's get right into it, Donnie. Let's go, let's go with the Lakers. What do we got with them here? Yeah, I mean, so Lakers, obvious, obvious contenders, uh, much like the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference really just doing as much as they can to create a new definition for for the term super team. Um, obviously, big adi- biggest additions or maybe most notable additions, Russell Westbrook and lifelong friend of LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. Um, I mean, two Hall of Famers. I mean, yeah. future Hall of Famers, without a doubt for both of them, joining two Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers who are already on the roster in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Then, in my opinion, another Hall of Famer that is returning to the Lakers and Rajon Rondo. I mean, just between Russ, Rondo, and LeBron being on the same team, it's like that that IQ of basketball is just insane to me, especially oh, Bron and uh, Rondo. But I spent a lot of time talking about that two years ago when those two guys were on the same team. Then you bring in a guy like Russ um, who just has unmatched – energy and then you know even the smaller additions guys like Malik Monk uh Kent Bazemore like they are just just like we talked about with the Brooklyn Nets in the east you Mm -hmm. just can't really find holes in this roster and sure everyone's going to go to the age card I mean they're in a win now situation but I mean that's just obvious like they were Mm -hmm. you know whether they brought in older guys or not this season I mean you have LeBron James on your team who is you know, we haven't really seen the decline yet, but he's not getting any younger. Anthony Davis isn't a young buck anymore. So, I mean, it was kind of obvious these guys are in win-now mode. It's the same thing with the Brooklyn Nets. So the old narrative, I don't know, it doesn't really make a difference to me just because of how loaded this team for is. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it, It's – Something that you can just throw out there if you're trying to slander the Lakers. Like, it's the first thing that ever comes in everybody's mind. It's like, oh, but they got all these old dudes on there. It's like, yeah, but the old dudes are 
some of the best players we've seen in the NBA for the last 15 years. So no, like Carmelo Anthony is not prime New York mellow. He's not hoodie mellow. He's not Olympic mellow. He's late career mellow. Who's that dude is still in games last year for the trailblazers as the third option, putting up 25 plus point games for them. And if that's a score that, as much, you know, I'm not trying to slander Kyle Kuzma or anybody else, but who else was on that roster last year that could do that for the Lakers? Schroeder sometimes, but he was, I think, more disappointing than anything else by the end of the season, especially a playoff run. Like, they didn't have a guy like that. Now they have two guys. Which I'm bringing, I'd bring up Melo first because I think he's the first one that he's – I don't know. I feel like everybody's interested in seeing what Melo can offer on with a team with LeBron. But yeah. you talk about Russ last year. Russ was like at the peak of his powers last year. I mean, Bradley Beal was out. Russ carried the Wizards to pretty much getting into the playoff or getting into the play-in games um, with his triple-double run that he went on and just the outstanding play that he had um, and showing that he still had that level to get to. Everybody's worried about how that translates to on-court playing with LeBron James, a guy who notably has always been the guy, you know, controlling the ball, controlling the play. He's the facto point guard of every team he plays on. And Russ mm-hmm. obviously works better as a guy, as the primary ball handler and everything. Exactly. But this kind of talent together, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to just overlook the talent that they've accumulated and regardless of their age, regardless of their stature, whatever in the league, like it's, there's not a lot of teams that can just match up and be as talented on the court. And that's going to get them by a lot of games, especially when we get it deeper into this Western conference where the West has a lot of stars missing this year, a lot of teams that aren't as deep as this Lakers team. So just from a night to night basis, regardless of what you think about the NBA finals, anything, it just seems like during the regular season the Lakers under Frank Vogel and LeBron have always taken the regular season super seriously. And this is a team that's just better than most of the West on a night to night basis. And they should cruise to like, I don't know, 55, 60 wins. Like, I would think that's pretty realistic for this team. Yeah. Now the, the, the age and thing and the injury, just like the, the whole Russ narrative for me. Is... Well, Donnie, you still there? We might've lost him here, folks. <laughs> oh, let's mark this down. Seven-ish minutes. Oh, another Dunny. Wild Dunny appeared. There's Wild Dunny. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right. There's two of us chilling in here. What, what's, what about Russell Westbrook? No, I did, the whole Russ narrative for me, too, is like you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, like him being the ball dominant. Him being the ball dominant guy, like that doesn't need to be the case on this Lakers team. Like every team that Russell no. Westbrook has been on before, he's needed to take those shots that everyone had a problem with, that no one wanted to see him shooting the bad percentage, even if he was putting up the triple doubles. Like that doesn't need to be the case on. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's true. Like continuing on to the point that Dunny's making here, like Russ doesn't need to be the guy 
doesn't need to be that facilitator. He doesn't need to be the engine for the offense. Like he just doesn't, it's just not, it's not what they're going to need going forward this year. Um, LeBron is that guy. LeBron is the engine of this team. And that's like what I was just continuing on your point there, Danny. Like LeBron's the engine of the, any team he's on. And Russ has usually been accustomed to that role. Even with Kevin Durant, that's the role Russ has been accustomed to. And now it's like, what do we get to see when Russ kind of gets to, you know, float in and out of games and assert his will at certain points? He's going to be fresher and it's going to have more of an impact, especially because you have to imagine Vogel is going to split them up. Like we're not going to see them on the floor a ton together. I think they're going to be staggered from each other a lot, too to kind of maximize that facilitating that they both do in the ball and the ball dominance that they both kind of demand to best suit their skill sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just, I feel like we could spend so long talking about this, this Lakers roster and we don't need to do that for you guys. Um, I mean, <laughs> no, no doubt in the title conversation. I mean, they're probably what second odds on favorite behind the Brooklyn Nets this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you guys are going to be seeing a lot of Lakers on national television like usual, but even more so this year, I mean, people are, you know, hyping up Anthony Davis being beefier than years past. He's gotten stronger. So, I mean, a, a yeah. lot to like f- for this Lakers team coming up, no doubt a contender. Um, and then should we, we go to the second contender here where we got the Phoenix Suns just because, you know, I, I feel like we have to, we have to give them their due and they, um, you know, that they, they made it there last year. They made it to the biggest stage uh, right after adding Chris Paul. And I, I think they have to stay in this contender conversation just because they didn't make many changes to the team. Uh, Booker and Aiton should still be getting better every every season. So well, what's going on? So what's going on with the Aiton True. stuff? Like, is that are you worried about that? That affecting like Aiton, affecting the team in general? Um, so I was a little bit until, I mean, and I'm not just entirely washing it away now because of this, but I was watching first take yesterday. Um, Stephen A interviewing Chris Paul one-on-one hit him with all the hard hitting questions, um, you know, from vaccine stuff to him asking about his teammate, Deandre and who is having contract disputes with the Phoenix Suns right now. But it sounds like Chris wasn't too worried because I feel like we see that a lot, especially with young stars nowadays. Uh, they yeah. just they have their own demands, and honestly, it's fair if you're if you play at a level like DeAndre Ayton does or some of these other young superstars on the rise. So it seems like Chris, um, it, it, you know, he wants Ayton to stay. It seems like he thinks that Ayton also wants to stay, but he's also going to try to get his bag um, that everyone else likes to secure when it's their time to discuss a new contract. So I think, you know, maybe it's just news that people are prying at because it's the off season and we want stuff to talk about like me and you are doing right now, but yeah, it's, it is a little worrisome. And, you know, if, if that's going to affect some chemistry um, because, you know, I, I think in years past, Booker might not have been the most satisfied with what he had around him in Phoenix before last year. So definitely something to keep an eye on. But, I mean, for, for the Suns being are what they are right now, I think, you know, we, we shouldn't be too worried about that. That's fair. And uh, that that's just a that's just a subplot going forward. Mikhail Bridges has got to get paid, too. 
it's just going to be in that, but that's not affecting them this yep. year. Those guys are on the team this year and they're going to be going forward. We put them in this, in this contenders spot right behind the Lakers. But I feel like this, this is where, like, this is where the West gets really interesting because they were the four seed last year, obviously. Um, they weren't one of the top seeds and there's, there's competition right there with them. I don't think that they're, they are set apart because of that experience they've got. And I still, I do think that they are, you know, one of the best, most complete rosters from top to bottom still before the other teams we get into, maybe the jazz or the other team that you could kind of talk about being a complete roster and everything. We just haven't seen it from the jazz um, yet, but yeah, it's just, it's like another, like, it's like prove it again, right? Like everybody has questions about the run last year, come out and prove it again. Let's see Booker take that step and see what he can do as like a, as like a super duper star in the league. Is he ever going to be, I think the biggest thing that could decide the West is which young superstar really takes reins and takes over, right? Like, cause last year was Chris Paul. Chris Paul's not going to be able to do what he did last year in the playoffs again. I just don't see that at 37, 36, at 38, whatever his age is, it pull mm-hmm. point guards after a long playoff run. Like I feel like Chris Paul is going to be banged up a little bit this year, probably not playing a bunch um, back-to-backs, probably be resting everything like that. It's going to be on Booker. And when we get into – you know, the jazz talking about Mitchell or Luca, who we know is incredible, but hasn't had the playoff success yet. Like one of these guys is going to have to step outside of the impact that they've currently had and, and, and exceed that and, and carry a team that is not up to the star level of the Lakers and, and have some of those performances that, that set them apart from the other. I just think that we've like so cluttered up, with these young stars, like someone's going to have to make a move to get ahead, or maybe it's a back and forth type thing where this is the year that the jazz get, get the step ahead, or this is the year the Mavs get the step ahead. I think that's the range Booker is in. He's an incredible, obviously an incredible scorer an incredible talent. Let's see them put it together again and be consistent again like that, because I think this team could be the number two seed and this team could fall to like the seven seed too. And I wouldn't really be surprised either way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I for sure have my fair share of questions putting the Phoenix Suns in this contender, um, you know, section that we have them in. But I think it's also, you know, benefit of the doubt just from last year. We did have some teams, I think me and you both, um, that we have right at the top of our next section, which is fittingly oh so close. And these teams are even closer than I think the teams we had in the Eastern Conference, um, you know, as far as being a contender in the West. And let's start with one that we both strongly agree on could have easily been in the contenders, uh, and that's the Golden State Warriors. Me and you were talking oh. about these guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I just faked you out because <laughs> I faked you out. I skipped I skipped a team, but Golden well, State Warriors, we were talking <laughs> we were talking about before we hopped on Golden State Warriors, uh, Clay returning at some point, some you know, probably around the holiday season, around Christmas time, is when they were eyeing a return for the second Splash Brother. Had a great draft, in my opinion. Draymond's still there, Steph's still there. Steph, after the season he had last year, I think he's itching to get back on the court. What do you got for Golden State this year? Why are you so high on them? 
Yo, so John Hollinger, he's writer for The Athletic, worked in the Memphis Grizzlies front office a couple years ago, he used to be ESPN writer, big analytical guy. He's put out a bunch of analytical tools that NBA writers use, NBA teams use now. Really smart guy. He does previews every year based on his models, his projections, everything. They had the Warriors at 39 and 43 for this upcoming year on his model. And I think that just kind of shows the variance of what to expect from this Warriors team because, I mean, last year the, the Steph-led Warriors team was pretty much that, like an average basketball team um, battling for the play-in, ended up losing both the play-in games, both their play-in matchups, and not making the playoffs. But this is clearly a team that's that's much deeper than last year. I don't, And I think that the hard part about some of those projections is – we talked about this last week. No one ever want no no NBA writer or NBA person that you follow will ever really go out on a limb to project an improvement from young guys. It just doesn't happen, and that's where season previews like this sometimes try to like miss the mark because no one no one. It's hard to judge. It's hard to judge how good somebody's going to be. It's hard to judge those factors. But look at the Warriors' roster from last year. I mean, Kelly Oubre's gone. Since last mm-hmm. week, Andrew Wiggins vaccinated, so that's good. He's playing in every single game for the Warriors now. Happy about that. But they add in yep. Wiseman, who's going to be coming back from injury um, and should be better in his second year. Maybe he's not living up to the second pick billing this year, but he's still a very good player. I still think he can be a very effective player for them this year as, he's, as long as he's on the floor. They add in yep. Moody and Kaminga, who are obviously – whatever their debilitations are going to be, it's better than what they were throwing out there on the wing last year, every game. Like I love Juan Cassano Anderson, but he's not a guy you need playing 30 something minutes a game. Jordan no. Poole has been a great revelation for them. And who knows, like maybe that guy is the third star alongside Stephen Clay at this point. Maybe that's the development he has. And you add in the, and you add in on top of it, Andre Iguodala, who is, the, one of the key linchpins, a fucking finals MVP for Christ's sake. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, that back to the roster. People forget. Just, people forget. I don't forget. People yeah. <laughs> forget the finals MVP and just so important to the culture that they've built in Golden State now alongside. So he's like Steph's best friend. Like, that's his guy. I just think yeah. that this roster is much better suited for this team, for the for the type of team that Warriors want to run. And then on top of everything else, Clay Thompson's going to be back. We don't know what he's going to get. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back, but he will be back. And the worst case scenario, if he's standing in the corner as a top five shooter of all time, that's that's improving your team no matter what. So I just think they were an eight seed last year going into the playoffs. There's only room to go up with the additions they made. I just don't see how they would could have gotten worse from the last year to this year. Yeah, I, I really do just think the Warriors are going to be oh so close as we have them because, yeah. I mean, just the, the culture didn't change. Head coach didn't change. Steph Curry is still there. Like you mentioned, Clay Thompson, like he didn't lose a shooting stroke, an Achilles injury, foot, leg, like anything that happens lower body, that doesn't affect your shooting stroke. It's not like he broke his hand. Like you mentioned, like I'm sure Clay will have a decline when he first comes back. He's not going to be able to move off the ball as effectively as he has, you know, his entire career. That really isn't going to matter. Steph has created so much attention, you know, just his entire career, like, most we've ever seen was last year. I think a lot of teams are still going to be throwing three guys at him when he crosses the court, and they're going to forget that Clay Thompson is the shooter that he is. We haven't seen this guy in two years. 
And I really love the addition of Kaminga because I think in my eyes, he is like, you know, not exactly, but like he brought a lot of the things that a young Draymond did to this, to this Warriors team. I mean, he is just athletic. He can rebound. He can defend on the wing. He's a gritty player. And he kind of has, you know, he has a bit of an extensive bag for someone who's not the best shooter. He can score still. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. And then Wiseman, too. Like, even if he is a letdown for the second pick, like you mentioned, like, he's still a seven-footer that is more than capable at scoring the ball. Defense comes with guys like that who are that athletic and talented and then have the wingspan and size that he does. So, yeah. I think it's fair to have – like you said, it is a little weird that, you know, eight seed to put them to the oh-so-close. Like, I, I see them atop the West, you know, when this season's all said and done. I really do. I do too. I think that I'm, I, I'd put it, I don't doubt Seth, Steph Curry ever. I don't know Seth Curry either, but I don't doubt Steph yeah. Curry for sure. And this is the best team he's had around him since he was making finals. Um, yeah. And I think that in those wide open West, like that's a team that can take advantage of it. All right, let's get into it for Meerkat. Now we're yep. very bullish still on the Denver nuggets, even with the Jamal Murray injury, maybe he comes back later in the year. Who knows if he'll be a hundred percent when he's able to come back. Regardless of without Jamal Murray, they still have the reigning MVP. They still have a great roster around the Nuggets, uh, around Jokic. Um, and they just signed Michael Porter Jr. to a max deal. He's going to be there for a while. And like you said, no one wants to project the young guys. He could be a guy that steps into like a different level, maybe an all-star level. I don't know if I would go out on that limb, but it's it's fair to assume that he's, he's going to be. Yeah, like it's fair. It's it, I wouldn't. That's like, not a like crazy take crazy. at all. Like, yeah, for someone, he, he like your teammate is Jokic, who just demands the ball. Like, he's not a ball hog, but he's just you want the ball in his hands. And MPJ still manages to put up the numbers he does with like barely having the ball. Like, this dude creates his own shot. He can catch and shoot. Uh, you know, I, I think MPJ can be an All Star. Maybe we don't see it this year, but it, that is certainly in the cards for him i think he deserved the contract he got and it was smart for the nuggets to scoop him up while they could you do not want to see a talent like that walk away from your franchise this young i mean Mm -hmm. they they made the right move Uh, i i think it's great i also think their front court of you know mpj aaron gordon and Jokic once they get a full off season together which they they've now had in the seasons right around the corner i think those three guys could be scary playing on the court together a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that, I think that this year, that's a team that is going to win a lot of games just because as we were talking about with the Lakers, like the infrastructure is there, their roster, even without Murray is just better than a lot of these teams from the top down. And Jokic is so good night to night that mm-hmm. they're just going to beat up on a lot of the, a lot of the lesser teams in the West. And no matter what, I think no matter what, they are a top five team seed in the West. I think that, even if they're not near the top, like we would assume, like if they were, if, if Jamal Murray was healthy, I might be putting the nuggets ahead of the Lakers, honestly, like that might, it might, it's, it's about time to consider them as one of the top tier contenders if they're fully healthy, which is why it's such a shame that Jamal is hurt right now. Um, Because they were really like, even last year, I might've, I might've been inclined to pick them coming out of the West last year. And who knows how different that looks if Jamal is healthy in the playoffs because the Suns get out obviously, but like, 
I mean, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's this team feels like it's a sleeping giant and just waiting for their break to happen. And obviously, it's not going to be the start of this year, but maybe it's when Jamal comes back and he, he, if he looks good and everything, like they can just start going. I actually love them being a sleeping giant because Jokic just is the sleeping giant that's <laughs> on this Denver Nuggets team. Do we have to talk about the Utah Jazz or can we just say like the Utah Jazz need to need to just not be frauds? <laughs> like they, they haven't really changed the roster. The only thing that's changed might Conley change his number. Like, I don't know what else we can say about the Jazz we haven't said in a year besides roasting them, which is I would love to do, but I don't know if that's the best for this this show. So I'm I'm gonna defer to you on the Utah Jazz. I think that's the answer because Dunny froze here. And so I think that we don't need to talk about the Jazz. Let's see if he comes back here. I don't, I just don't want to talk. I'm so tired of the Jazz. I just, I'm, t- I don't, I don't think that Rudy Gobert, I don't think that Rudy Gobert having him on your roster, I don't think you can win playoff games like that. I said, I, I said, this is a sign. I said, this was a sign that we shouldn't talk about the Jazz because the second I brought up the Jazz, you froze. So I'm like, you know what? That's it. Like, I know the, the, even StreamYard is tired of us talking about the Jazz. Fuck that. <laughs> I apologize for the internet connection, folks. This no, is this is a bad day, but no, listen. Yeah, listen. the Utah the ESPN ESPN started showing their show Debatable, which I, I put in our group chat the other day. It's an amazing show. Oh I yeah, loved it for the first week. But it's an sh- internet show, just like we're doing here. In the last two days, they have had two guests lag out completely of the show from internet issues. So you know what? It doesn't matter. If it's happening it on the worldwide leader, yeah. it's happening on the worldwide leader. It can happen on trade rec sports, the other worldwide leaders. So yeah. you know what? We're, we're chilling here, but so we, we can just skip the jazz, like just come out and prove it. Come yeah. Out prove I mean, it. N- not too many, you know, not too many changes for them. I think Donovan Mitchell gets better. Like he has been. Come out and prove it. Yeah. I like that for the Utah Jazz. We have them because it's fair to have them in the oh-so-close. Exactly, they'll they'll yeah. be there again. They'll probably be the one seed for a stretch of time like they were last season. Um, but, yeah, I, I like that. I like leaving the Jazz at, you know, prove it to us. All right, so the last team in our in our thing here then is the Dallas Mavericks who have, you know – maybe the the best player in the nba this year i don't know how high are we how high are you on luca's year this year uh yeah i mean i think i was blown away last year and i do think he's going to be better this year so i'm very high on luca this year i think i think it's tough because i don't still really think they have enough around him to make a push to the finals um, maybe they cap out at a Western Conference Finals, but that's why I kind of had them in the oh so close. I really I love Luca. Yeah. I want the Mavs, you know, to do well just because he's so electric, and I, I want a deep playoff push for them just to see more Luca Magic in the playoffs. But I think that's just still what they're lacking is, you know. <laughs> is this what they're lacking, oh, Jay Kid? Yeah. <laughs> If you're just listening to this, we have a uh, a picture of Jason Kidd, and someone tweeted it and said, "Why does Jason Kidd look like some <laughs> random steakhouse sh- head chef?" And he most certainly does. That is someone said that, that he is looks the reason like for the laughter. He's doing 
he's doing Vin Diesel cosplay in this picture. Like, he's yeah, just, that, he's rocking that too. the Vin Diesel Fast and Furious fit. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that that's is... the man leading this organization right now. That's, Let's that's go his going forward. I, I guess, it. yeah, they do. They do have a change in head coach, so you know, maybe that that mixes some things up. Also, I try not to get too excited about preseason. And Boban really isn't a guy who saw too much time on the floor Not last year. <laughs> Two threes in a row last night for my man Boban, dude. Seven foot three. Yeah, I mean, bro. that guy can rebound and, you know, do all the dirty work on the interior. If you can get this guy knocking down shots, I mean, hey, man, he can, he can buy some more minutes with that three-point shot, I'll tell you yeah, what, in, in this day and age of the NBA. So maybe yeah. maybe excited for Boban and Luka next year. But I don't know. Is, is that unfair of me to say? I don't really think the Mavs are ready to make a finals push yet. No, I don't think so. This, I mean, I don't think yeah. this team's done enough done enough i don't trust jason kidd really that much either yeah. um as a head coach i don't i haven't liked what we have seen from him in brooklyn in his previous stops maybe that maybe he's learned it and he's the one like there's only i think that's why he was so valuable and why lebron i mean lebron lebron hired jason kidd as an assistant coach for the lakers let's not get mm-hmm. it twisted like but lebron saw the value in having him because he's one of the greatest basketball minds out there one of the greatest pure point guards we've ever seen in the NBA. And that can only, that can only really help Luca, you know, like that can only it's having that resource is only going to help Luca going forward. Um, it's just, I don't think that the Mavs, no, I don't think the Mavs are going to be a team that makes a finals push, but Luca still has a chance to take extra steps and be even better. I mean, I, that's hard to think of how amazing he's been, but he's so young that it's it's not impossible to imagine the fact that he could take over the league this year, be like full blown, like clear cut MVP, and maybe that's a different trajectory to this team. But I think that more likely they're going to be in the middle of this pack with the teams we were talking about before, kind of battling for the second tier of the West. So let's get into next. We're going to jump in like last week we did with our – we're going to group the last group of teams together here. So which of these teams is closest to the Western Conference Finals? Um, We're going to – a team that we haven't touched on yet um, is the Los Angeles Clippers who are going to be involved in in this part. Um, the Trailblazers, who had a tumultuous, not even um, almost tumultuous summer, like it could have been bad, and it's been okay, Ooh. but the, interesting. The Pelicans, who are just a mess, and the Grizzlies, who I don't know. The Grizzlies are, I think, are worse this year now with the Adams and Val. I loved Valanciunas on that team, and him missing now is just a really interesting thing. But they. They're still it's John Morant and Jaron Jackson. Like that's gonna be the engine of this team. So the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, I think even with, with the infrastructure we see, that the clearest they're the highest on our list with this group. But I think they don't belong. I don't think they belong in close to a contender. I don't think they belong in the contender group. Is this team, this Clippers team in danger of potentially missing the playoff? Ooh. I don't, I don't think I would go that far with the Clippers. Um, I honestly thought I may have even been doing them a disservice having them in this 
you know, s- section below the oh so close. I just couldn't put any of the other teams behind them. Uh, I think what they did without Kawhi in the playoffs last year, you know, the step up of uh, guys like Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, and then Paul George, I think really answered the question. And, you know, obviously he still had some playoff P moments where he wasn't great, but I don't know. I, I couldn't see, at least in my opinion, I couldn't see this roster missing the playoffs. But, yeah. you, you know, it's the NBA where amazing happens. So maybe if you're not a Clippers fan and you're rooting for them to lose, I guess it could happen. But I, I just don't see it. I, th- I think they're too talented. I think they're well coached. Um, I think they'll still be in the playoff mix. But, yeah, I mean, expectations are definitely tampered this year. Just, uh, uh, you know. Going into the season, not having the claws is, is a, a tough scene. Exactly. That's why it knocks them out of that contender tier. I agree with you. They could be included in the top upper, the group ahead of us, just because, I mean, they're very, they're, they've shown that they can play in those games, even with just Paul George. It's a great infrastructure. Ty Lue's a good coach. Um, but I just, I don't know. It's not a Paul George thing even. Like, I've had a lot of Paul George slander in my in my lifetime. It's not even that. I think that he's going to have a great year with the Clippers, honestly, this year without Kawhi. That's when he kind of looks at his best when he's got the ball in his hands most of the time. I just don't think that they have the high, the talent and the the depth to to match up with a with a Warriors or a Nuggets or a Jazz on a night-to-night basis. Um, um, and this West is going to be competitive, and somebody's going to have to get knocked down into these lower ranks. And I just feel like the Clippers are that team. I don't like Eric Bledsoe on this roster really that much. It's just, he's kind of like gone by the wayside for me. Like he's not really a guy that I want to see on the floor a lot. Um, You're relying a lot on like Nick Batum. And it's just, it's, it's not a team that I'm as bullish on as I would have been last year, even with, with or without Kawhi um, just because of the pieces they've kind of have around now after the off season and everything, I don't know. It's just not a, it, it wasn't an inspiring off season, especially with the injury. I mean, lost got, Patrick Beverly too. lost Beverly lost Rondo, obviously. Um, they, I mean, they didn't really do much to bolster the roster. Like justice Winslow is probably the outside of the Bledsoe trade, but justice Winslow has been a guy who can't stay on the court either. Um, we mm-hmm. love Jason Preston. Uh, the OU yes. kid, kid out of OU. He might, maybe he's a guy that can be electric for them, but I don't know if he's making an impact for them this year. So I think that's just the issue with the Clippers. So what about the Blazers? The Blazers really didn't do much either this year. And there was all the Dame trade rumors. He said he never wanted to get traded and he hasn't been traded yet. They add, they lose Mello, lose Zach Collins, lose Derek Jones Jr. in a trade. They get Larry Nance in there but in that trade. Um, no Ennis Cantor this year, but they got Ben back more. Pat Pat from from the Clippers, obviously. Dennis Smith Jr., I don't think he's really much of an impact. Tony Snow, Cody Zeller, nothing really. So they kind of – it's it's the same core again. I was going to say much of the same, and, dude. Like, <laughs> like it's, just it's role not players that don't really move the needle are, are the same guys they bring in every offseason. They're usually different guys, but they a lot of the same result. I, I had confidence putting – the trailblazers in this category because I think they're a playoff team. And maybe if we see a super electric season from both Lillard and McCollum and McCollum, because Lillard can't do it himself. We've seen it. I love Lillard. He's great. He can't do it himself. And yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, 
they just seem to be content with being middle of the pack, and I think that's mm. I think that's where they're going to be this year. Yeah, I think so too. So, what about the Pelicans or Grizzlies? Who are you higher on going into the year between those two? Ooh, because the Pelicans are kind of a mess. I think the Grizzlies, dude. I really do. I just think they're a tougher bunch. I think. I mean, we we already. Look, I don't want to hop on this train, but I've been seeing, you know, people all, all over the – not all over the NBA world, but I've been seeing some, you know, journalists and journalists uh, that cover the NBA saying that they are worried about Zion's weight yet again because mm-hmm. apparently he's looking the biggest he ever has. Obviously, he's already have some injury issues early in his career. We saw what happened when he blew out of his shoe in college um, and hurt himself that way. And I'm not saying that I don't think the Pelicans are going to be good because of Zion's weight, but, like, it's a thing to consider. And, you know, injuries. Brandon Ingram's been a guy who's been banged up before, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know. I I really don't. The Pelicans might be the hardest team for me to read in the Western Conference, I think. I I don't really know what to make of this group. Wow, what are your thoughts here on the Pelicans? I'm much higher on the Grizzlies just because I, I think that infrastructure is very good. I really – I mean, Ja has proven he's going to be a premier point guard in this league for years to come. Mm-hmm. I think that dude's only getting better. I still – I didn't really like – I talked touched on it before. I, did, I, I didn't like the Valanciunas trade. Um, I, I think Valanciunas – I understand why they did it. It's, it's more – I think it's more for cap reasons. I think Adam's contract is up sooner. Um, and Adams is a better defensive presence, but Valanciunas was a great offensive player for them last year. He yeah. was very effective. And I think they're going to miss him. And Adams was kind of slipping a little bit last year with the Pelicans, but that could have just been the fit next to next to Zion, which I don't think was a good fit. Anyways, I'm kind of high yeah. on Zaire Williams. I know that he was like not a high, like highly thought of prospect. He was a very high prospect going into the season last year and then kind of disappointed at Stanford, and that's how he ended up dropping to where he is. But I think that with the one-and-dones, man, you never know. It could just be a bad situation in college, and you never know. It's an 18-year-old kid at college for the first time. He may, who knows? Like, could have just been an overwhelming. I think the talent is there, and he kind of fits perfectly into what they need as one of those wings. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. can stay healthy. I think that he's – I think he's just incredible. I think he could be a defensive yeah. player of the year candidate when healthy. And with the Pelicans, like you said, about talking about Zion potentially being overweight, he does have a foot injury. I mean, that he had surgery on his foot over the summer and everything. Like yeah. that that's concerning for me for a guy that it's the same leg that he's hurt before, too. Like that's concerning for a guy who's had weight issues coming into the league, who's as big as he is, and he's only how old? Tw- I mean, 20, 21 now, and he's had all these issues with his leg. Like that's that's a concern. His health has been a concern his whole career. Um, so I, I don't know. I just and the losing Lonzo for pretty much, I mean, nothing like they, they didn't really get anything for Lonzo. Yeah. I think they're going to miss him a lot. I, I just think if Zion if Zion can be healthy and be what he, we think he is, that he can carry them to maybe being higher up on this of this category. But it just doesn't look good for a franchise that's never really put it together. And they don't seem like they have the structure there to kind of be a winner and you kind of and it, it, it just doesn't look like they have that especially compared to these three teams is Devonte graham their starting point guard this, this season 
I believe he is. Yes. Yes. And that's yeah. another thing I'm worried about too, is like, how good is Devonte Graham really? Like, how is he, is he going to be effective Cause... enough to be a starting point guard in the West? Right. I don't know. Cause he said he had great flashes, but it was also when he really didn't need to be relied on in Charlotte. I mean, you had guys yeah. like Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball there. Um, yeah, I mean, we we talked about it too. Blasso being back on the Clippers, they that's another guy the Pelicans lose. I don't think you know he was doing too much for the Pelicans last year, but losing Lonzo, losing Bloodso, that, that's two veterans that you're losing at the point guard position right there, and you know it, it could be a lot to handle for Devontae Graham. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I think Pelicans for me biggest question mark. You know, biggest reason is. The biggest person on their team, Zion Williams. And I, I think he's a question mark legitimately going into the season. I think he'll be great when he's on the court. There's never a doubt about that. He bullies people, he gets rebounds, he does things that most people can't. But you know, best ability is availability. So we'll see. I'm I'm not rooting for Zion 100%. to be injured or anything. Of course not, but uh it's gonna be tough. Hundred percent. 100%. All right, so let's get into our last category here with the bottom half, bottom section of the West. Who is the most likely to make the playoffs? we got the Minnesota Timberwolves, Houston Rockets, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, Oklahoma City Thunder. So take it wherever you want here, Dunny. Which team do you think are you highest on out of this group here? Timberwolves. I think yeah. it's it's easy for me. I honestly debated putting them on, um, you know, the – the team in the teams where which one of these teams could maybe make the Western Conference Finals. I don't really think that for the Timberwolves, um, but it seems a little mean just how talented they are to put them in this this uh, bottom yeah. tier of teams in the West. I, I you know I just strictly pick the T Wolves for the chance of making the playoffs. I think you have to just D'Lo, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards. They should be fully healthy this year. They should have those three guys rocking together. Um, I mean, dude, that's going to be a fun, fun big three. D'Angelo Russell is, I think, still one of the most underrated point guards in the league. Cat doesn't get enough love for how talented he is. And then, I mean, we don't really need to talk about Edwards, dude. That, that guy, yeah, Romello, took yeah. the league by storm last year. Yeah. That's facts. And I think that's the thing is like, Cat's never had a guy like Edwards next to him. Um, on on his on his wing and Edwards again people don't want to project Edwards could be like a 25 25 point a game score all year that's what he showed at the end of last year I don't think that there's any sign of him slowing down at all and Cat is one of the most talented players in the league who's just waiting for a team to put it together I think this team is clearly the team that's closest to the playoffs closest to the play in um, and closest to getting in with that, even the upper category with the Mavs and the Jazz and all of them up there too. I think that if things break right and Edwards is a much improved on last year all around and Russell can kind of provide that steady point guard play that they need, this can be a fun roster. It's going to be a fun team no matter what. Like I'm very excited yeah. to watch some some Timberwolves games this year, which I've never been able to say in my life <laughs> before. I really don't think. Yeah. Um, I think the Kings are my team though, and I I, I can't like quit the Kings. They're like my they're just like no, you can for me, bro. I <laughs> yeah, go back to have. this this time last year. I think you were singing the same song, uh, bro. Yo, it's not. It's been like four years now, and it's and I can't do it. But it just just makes sense. Like the pieces are there. 
the I don't trust Luke Walton very much, but the pieces are there for a team that can make the playoffs. Um, and I think the West is more the most wide open it's ever been. And maybe this is the year Halliburton takes another step forward. Fox got came into his own a little bit last year. They've still got Buddy Heald on the roster. Um, and this is the team I still think too is the is prime for the Ben Simmons trade too. And so if it's a Fox for Simmons type deal or healed for Ben Simmons, like he's a guy that could change their fortunes too, but I'm not trying to project any trades or anything out. I just think that this team, I think this team is solid all the way through. They're going to be hanging around the play in for most of the year. That's basically the area they've been in for the last 15 years of their existence. So I don't, I feel pretty confident to say they can hang around like the 10 seed and, and, and maybe make that play in. Um, so yeah, I'm bullish, especially compared I would still put Minnesota ahead of them, but compared to the Spurs, I'm not very high on. And I think OKC and Houston, like Houston's going to be fun, but Houston's going to be bad. OKC is mm. just going to be bad. The Spurs might not be fun, and they're probably going to be pretty bad too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was like Sacramento's going to be fun, and maybe Davion Mitchell too. Really fun. Yeah, that's true, I, dude. They've got so many guards that are just so like some of my favorite guards to watch. Talented, I love watching yeah. Fox. Love watching Halliburton. Loved watching Mitchell in college. Keeled is electric from on, on some nights. Like it's it's a fun squad. They just can't. They haven't been able to put it together. So maybe this is the year they can make a little playoff run. Yeah, Halliburton was was uh, just very exciting to watch last year. The the game, the transition from college to NBA just came so naturally for him. People were worried about his jump shot. He was knocking down threes confidently. Yeah. Uh, making you know Magic Johnson like passes in transition, which he he showed a little bit of in college too. Uh, I love Halliburton. I, I'm with you, dude. Like I think I I'm leaning Minnesota just because I think they have a better structure right now, and uh, the the Kings have been disappointing with good rosters in the past. But uh, the, I mean they're right there. It's it's definitely Minnesota, the Kings, and then like like you said, the rest of these guys. I think. San Antonio, I don't, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're going to be boring, dude. Like Popovich yeah, is they're gonna, they're gonna obviously a great coach, dude, but like they don't have much going on there in San Antonio. I don't think it's going to be a thing like, you know, last year and two years ago. Why? Oh, don't look now, like four weeks into the season, but the Spurs are the four seed. Like, I don't think we're having any of that shock this year. And I think OKC is just going to be bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Dude. Like SGA. Yeah, really bad great player but they just don't i mean i think they're purposely doing it they they just want all the draft picks can they win they 20 just, games even like i don't know oh, i don't know if they can win 20 games that's asking a lot from these guys it's man. gonna be tough it's gonna be tough they, they, uh, sit they have giddy though like, right they do have josh giddy yeah they do he he's, could be fun he's uh he's he's fun on tiktok so they can they can hang their hat on that <laughs> I feel like him and SGA, there'll be some good content out of them this year. Yeah. Be, uh, yeah. It's going to be. It, it's, they almost it's had Kemba Walker. Dunk. <laughs> almost. Yeah. yeah. For a split second. Um, yeah. I don't know. OKC just. It's it's going to be a battle between them and Houston to see who ends up who ends up with the number one pick or the number one I, for the pick I'm hyped year. about I'm honestly hyped about Houston, dude. I wasn't really until I, I saw a glimpse of one Jalen Green in summer league and then mm-hmm. the preseason dude with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. 
like almost sport in the same exact hairstyle. KPJ's got like the, the few dangly braids coming from his uh yeah. from his big hairdo. But they I don't know, dude. They're just both two very dynamic guards who can just put the put the ball in the basket like at will. And at the very least, I think they're I mean, this I like that this is just like the fun group of teams in the West. No, no heavy <laughs> expectations for any of them. Maybe Minnesota, but like the, the, they'll be fun. I mean, the Kings and the the Kings and the Rockets, man. I think I think these two teams could be a lot of fun. I am I'm honestly really excited to watch as much Houston basketball as I can just to tune in for Jalen Green and uh Kevin Porter Jr. Also, my guy Daniel Tice is on their team too. That's facts. And Kelly Olinick is no Kelly Olinick's on the Pistons now. The Pistons, oh, yeah. yeah. I can't Another keep track of Kelly. I can't yeah. keep track of Kelly. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. Though. Like he was on the Rockets more- last year, I think. It has to be like the Houston and Detroit are pro- and OKC probably the three worst teams this year. Like I would consensus three worst. Yeah. Maybe Orlando thrown in there too. But it'd be way more fun to be bad in Houston than it would be to be bad in Detroit. Like oh yeah. Was, like I'm just thinking for Jalen Green and those like Porter. Like they're just gonna be in a better mindset the whole time. Cade's gonna be Cade's gonna be roughing it in Detroit this year. He's gonna, gonna have no option time. but to work on his game. So at least he'll get better. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He's not. He's not going. Uh, he's not going out doing anything fun. So, so who's winning the West? Who is our? We're not making official picks right now, but uh, we'll save that for the next pod. But what are we? What are we thinking for the West here? What are you I'm gonna like. Towards? I'm gonna pull a Stephen A. Like kind of what he wanted out of the Brooklyn Nets last year. Like it better be the Lakers. That's facts. <laughs> it, it better, better be, be the freaking Lakers, dude. Like Braun really couldn't ask for much more to be put around him. Uh, he's got one of his best friends. He's got a Hall of Fame point guard who's still, like you mentioned, Westbrook is still playing at an unbelievable level. Hopefully, Anthony Davis stays healthy. I mean, we talked, we we you know, we talked a lot about them at the top of the show, so I don't really need to go into how good this roster is. But yeah, and then they draft. Sure. I, I actually didn't talk about this guy. They drafted my dude Mac McClung, dude. Like that's true. He is, like, Max I don't be, think Max gonna have a role he, there. Yeah, he maybe, but maybe not. But they still like even even their guys who probably won't touch the court are very talented yeah. players. Um, I just I think it, I'd be silly not to say the Lakers. I would like it to be someone else. Um, truthfully, like I would love to see like a you know I don't think they can, but I would love to see Luke and the Mavs do it. I would like to see the Nuggets do it. Um, if Jamal can get back healthy and kind of help them towards the end of the season. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm going Lakers. How about you? Oh, man. I picked the Lakers the last two years to go to the NBA Finals. So as much as I don't, as much as I would love to sit here and say the Golden State Warriors, they're the team that I really want to pick, I'm leaning Lakers. I'm not – official picks will be on the next pod. We get in mm. deep betting preview we go through all the odds we make our finals picks all the shebangs hmm. we'll get there eventually i'm not picking the sixers again i can promise you that um yeah i wouldn't but <laughs> but uh i really really want to pick the warriors just to be the one if when if steph goes off and it has like the magical year i can say that i have it but right now i can't go against the lakers it's the third year in a row it's lebron like you everything you just said um it 
it just makes too much. They're just head and shoulders above everybody. No matter what happens, like the, I, that's what I, that's why I'm so high on the Warriors is because I think no matter what, the Lakers are just head and shoulders above everybody in the West. And mm-hmm. if if they don't aren't first in the West, it's something they did wrong because they are better than all these teams. Their roster's better. The only team that can get to that point, I think, without making like some big splashy trade or anything like that, is the Warriors. The way they're currently constructed, if the young guys you know, are better than we expected. And clay comes back and, he's and if better clay than comes back, right. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's, that's a team that can contend with the Lakers right away, but that's just so many unknowns. The thing about the Lakers, we have a lot of knowns, like there's a lot of dudes that have been around for a while and how are they going to all mesh together? You kind of trust that more than warning how guys are coming back from injury and rookies. So it's kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum. Like what do you prefer the veteran laden team or the, the young team with some superstars on it and see how they come together. I might've just convinced myself into the Warriors and by Tuesday we might get to that point, <laughs> but I'm going with the Lakers and LeBron right now and, uh, and holding out that hope. So yeah, let's, let's ride with that. Then uh, anything else touch on before we go, any football, anything, any, any fun, you had a very emotional football experience Sunday night. Um, I know that yeah. I know, I, we haven't even talked about it yet. Um, no, I know that it was that for you. So, yeah, Brady's homecoming to Foxborough was something else, man. Um, all the emotions, and you know, it, I, I thought it lived up to the height. It, you know, it wasn't oh, the most sure. exciting game on the gridiron, but you could see Brady and Bill just kind of having the uh, the brain battle. I think Bill won. I think Bill won the brain battle. Like Bill shut down. Yeah. Bill frustrated Tom a lot of that game. It just yeah, didn't, I mean, just didn't have the it, dogs it was our game. Run with yeah, them. I think it was the Pats game to win. They just, you know, the f- long field goal in the rain, tough. You know, some people say go for it on fourth. I, I'm I'm happy with the result though. Mac Mac looked good against a great defense yeah. in the rain. You know, all the emotions. You know, you can't you sniff know. 19 straight completions in the NFL, no matter who it's against or anything yeah. else. Like that is a feat, man. I don't care what he's doing. That's a feat. To be proud so of a lot career. of positives to take away from it. I mean, emotional, the loss sucks, but yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I enjoyed the game, and I think um, it, it put a be- better taste in my mouth about the Patriots' offense moving For forward, sure. which is great. Well, so. and now you guys get the Texans, who my Buffalo yeah. Bills just played and smacked up. So that's going to be a nice fun That'll week be for fun. you. Yeah. Davis Mills is going to be in hell yet again. <laughs> Poor guy. And then that's I get tough. um. I get a Bills Chiefs game on Sunday night, Ooh, which is, yes. I mean, any Juicy game against game. the Chiefs is always big, but this is obviously the AFC Championship rematch back in Arrowhead. The last time I looked it up the other day, and the last time the Bills, I was looking up Bills, old Bills Chiefs games because I was bored during work, whatever. <laughs> and uh, they played on a Sunday night in 2003 in Arrowhead. The Bills lost 38 to 5. I don't think that's going to happen again, but. It wasn't the best omen when I was looking up the results and saw 38 to 5 on a Sunday night in Arrowhead. I don't think the Bills are going to be held to five points by that horrible Chiefs defense either. I think we'll get a the overs 56. We were talking about earlier, a couple of my buddies. I think that that's, uh, you should probably reel that over. That's probably probably a safe bet. Yeah, for it's both be those a teams on the field. <laughs> so, yeah, fun, fun couple football weeks as we get ready and come into basketball season in just like 10 days, nine days now, like it's right around 10 days. I think when this comes out um, on Friday, right around the corner and then you're week, And then you have no time for anything else. You got weekday NBA 
weekend football and NBA. It's schedules filled up for the fall. It's going to be great times. Um, you see down here below, follow us at Happy Hour Hoops 1. Subscribe, Happy Hour Hoops on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So for Dunny here, Jake Micah. We'll see you guys next week with our last leg of our preview before we get cracking on some NBA games. Uh, yeah, we're ready to go for opening night. So have a great night, y'all. Peace. Stay hydrated. Enjoy. Later, guys.